This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Thanks for joining us here on the Daily Tip. Kate Constable and Mark Drumheller with you. Mark, uh, as we start the second hour of the show, I'm on copy number three. Should we set an over-under on how many I go through during... For the next two hours, we have two hours left of the show. You hmm. think I get another one in, or is this probably it? No, you could definitely get another one in. I'm thinking about setting it at four and a half. <laughs> four and a half. I mean, we well, still see- got two hours to go here. Are you someone that like listen? Like, is is as you start throwing them down, does it get easier and easier? Like, because now you're getting more amped up, right? You're more open. You're more energetic. Boom, boom, boom. You're almost like just like stiff arming the crash, right? So you just keep piling them in. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm totally fine. Like I- I'm a instant gratification type of person. Like if this is going to help yeah. me in the right now for the next 15 minutes, I'll pour out a coffee. If I need another one to get through the next, uh, the next segment, the final hour, anything like that, we'll pound a couple more. And then I'll hate myself after the show when I, we have, I mean, the day off, um, after, you know, working this morning with it being MLK day, all that. So I can lay on the couch all afternoon if I want to, but I'm going to hate myself because I'm going to have 17 coffees this morning and not be able to fall asleep. <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of a catch 22. Not sure what the right thing to do is. Yeah. How can you sleep with all that caffeine in your system and all these puzzles to do? <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. We may have to fire up uh, the fourth puzzle today. I mean, what else am I going to do? All right. Here's what we're going to do on the show right now. Bring in double D for MVP Monday. Here are your nominees for Monday MVP. MVP! 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 I have to say, Kate, it is it is quite amusing to watch you struggle with your coffee addiction as I sit here and I don't I haven't had a cup of coffee or any kind of coffee in my life for at least five years. I, I drink water religiously. People always joke with That's me that insane. I'm the biggest man they've ever seen drink as much water as I do. So there's there's a catch-22 <laughs> there. But, yeah, I, I don't drink coffee at all, and I want to say neither does Matt. Matt doesn't drink coffee either. He's a big uh, energy drink guy, but he does not drink coffee. You guys are all serial killers. I don't know what <laughs> in the world is – happen and how are all of you on this show don't drink any coffee bill doesn't drink any bill. Bill the whole behind the scenes show the whole behind the scenes you guys show. okay i always say this about people like you're like if you have a we- really weird quirky trait i just like that's your serial killer trait right like it's just <laughs> odd it's something that you can see this yes this person could be a serial killer because of this bill never having had a cup of coffee before that is your serial killer trait right there. I I can't even get over that. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, that's wild. Never. A, a fellow a fellow uh, BetQL host ha- has named mine. I put ketchup on macaroni, boxed macaroni and cheese, and he says that's my serial killer trait. So. Yeah, that's disgusting. I had a friend is. in college that did that with ramen noodles, but he wouldn't cook the ramen noodles. He would dip it in ketchup, like the hard ramen noodles, and just crunch away. It was crazy, man. I mean, listen, it was college, oh. right? So we, you know, wasn't always <laughs> clear mind, but, was, uh, you know. He was really poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's college poor, then there's 
there's hard ramen noodles and ketchup pour. <laughs> Those are two different vets things. Vets didn't always get home. I'm a seasoned veteran, you know what I mean? But the vets didn't always <laughs> yeah. hit. We had to take our lumps when we were younger. All right, going from uh, serial killer nominees to MVP nominees, here is nominee number one, Aaron Jones, Packers. Love Jones getting near the goal line. Is he in? He is. Touchdown, Green Bay on the opening drive. Aaron Jones up the gut, surging forward. He's in. Touchdown, Green Bay. Jones again, running left, running up the middle, and running in for a touchdown. The third today for Aaron Jones. Jones rushed 21 times for 118 yards and three touchdowns as the Packers became the first seven seed to win a playoff game in the NFL history. Jones and the Packers ran out to a 27-0 lead and were up 48-16 late in the fourth quarter. Nominee number two, Rasheed Rice, Chiefs. He's heating him up. Here comes the blitz. Mahomes throws in the middle. Rice got it. Rasheed Rice taking off. Rice down the sideline. Inside the 30 to the 27-yard line. From the 11, Mahomes running across. Rice brings it in to the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. What an opening drive. In frigid cold temperatures, Rice caught eight passes for 130 yards and a touchdown as the Chiefs downed the Dolphins 26-7 in the fourth coldest playoff game in NFL history. Rice set a career high in receiving yards and was just one catch off his career high in receptions. Nominee number three, C.J. Stroud, Texans. We got Fant in at left tackle. This one goes to Brevin Jordan, the tight end. Makes a man miss and then shows off the speed. Jordan pedal to the middle. He's gone. Touchdown, Texans. 76 yards. Good protection. Loads it up. Fires downfield. Excellent touch. Perfectly delivered. Touchdown, Dalton Schultz. Stroud strikes again for 37 yards. Stroud threw for 274 yards and three touchdowns as the Texans crushed the Browns 45-14. Stroud finished 16-21 of on the day and became the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff game. And nominee number four, the Detroit Lions. Big five, Goss going to throw, and it's caught by St. Brown for a first down. And business is done. And Detroit, for the first time in 32 years, your Lions have won a playoff game. Have at it. The Lions hold off a late Rams rally and win 24-23 for their first playoff victory in 32 years. Jared Goff beats his old team throwing for 277 yards and one touchdown. St. Brown caught seven passes for 110 yards, and Detroit scored twice on the ground. So, Mark, you can go off book if you would like, do a little off-the-menu ordering, or you can pick one of the four that we've given you. Who is your Monday MVP? Oh, it's got to be Rashi Rice, I think. I mean, pony up SMU. You love to see it. Listen, 
It's one thing to have a big game in the playoffs, but when you steal the show on the big stage, make Taylor Swift's boyfriend look in, in, inconsequential right in front of her face, you got to give it to Rossi Rice. Who knows? Maybe we see, uh, you know, Rossi Rice, Taylor Swift hit it off in the future. I love him developing, being that number one guy for Patrick Mahomes. So to me, it's got to be Rossi Rice. Mark is going with the uh, the Taylor Swift's just after the best player on the field. She doesn't even like Kelsey. Just whoever is the star of the Chiefs is who Taylor's going after. Um, I'm so I heard torn they did a jersey swap the... after the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would actually be kind of awesome. Um, uh, I I'm actually really really torn between all all of these. Um, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions solely because it's been 32 years since they won a playoff game. And just the narrative of Jared Goff beating his old team that kind of threw him to the side and said, you know what, you're not good enough to win us a Super Bowl here. We're moving on from you. We're bringing in Matthew Stafford. And uh, Jared Goff just very poised yesterday, brings the Lions a home playoff win for the first time in 23 years, beats his old squad, kind of gets to shove it uh, in their face. And uh, Amon Ron St. Brown playing pretty well throughout all of that. So I think I have to go with the Lions. But I could make a case for for Stroud and uh, Aaron Jones too, David. I know you're laughing at I, me right now because I hate this game and I don't like um, <laughs> anyone to feel bad. But I think the Lions are my are my pick. <laughs> As as we give out participation awards to everyone else, right, Kate? You know, it's just the participation <laughs> ribbons, yes. and I, 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 I like, be happy. I, I, I agree with you, Kate. All, all four of these are great. You both pick great ones, but you're both wrong. It's Aaron Jones. What is the definition of an yeah. MVP? An MVP is a guy who, who makes the team better, and, and is missed when he is gone. If you look at this Green Bay Packer team. Without Aaron Jones, it is a completely different team. This team has been on a roll since Aaron Jones has come back from injury. He makes that team legitimately scary. And I'm going to say this right now. I might sprinkle a little something on the Green Bay Packers to go into San Francisco and beat the 49ers. Aaron Jones can control the state of the Packers winning and losing. And for that, I give him the MVP of the Monday because without Aaron Jones, I do not think the Packers go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys the way they did yesterday. See what happens when you don't drink coffee. My guy's losing his mind. Now he's going Packers money line. He's going all out. In San Francisco, yeah, I thought you were going to say I'm going to sprinkle Packers Super Bowl, and I just thought, David, what what in the world? <laughs> no, no. But I, I agree with you. I mean, Aaron Jones, he was my – he was the one I was debating between as well um, because, I mean – over the last 14 games, or first 14 games of the season for the Packers, rather, they didn't have a 100-yard rusher. All of a sudden, Aaron Jones comes back, and he's had a, at least 110 yards in each of his last four games. So, I mean, the guy is just playing unbelievable right now. And to your point, David, yeah, they probably, the Packers probably would not have won that game if it weren't for Aaron Jones. So, he gets my uh, my participation 
award, but honorable maybe mention. it should be a little bit we'll, higher we'll, than that. We'll, we'll do honorable mention. Honorable mention. I would love to give an honorable mention to C.J. Stroud. For the love of God, the kid's a rookie, and he goes mm-hmm. in there and just shows up and shows out. Unbelievable performance by C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, they're all great choices. I mean, when you think about it, like even the Detroit Lions, like when when you can make your fans cry in the stands, you know, with happiness because they've been waiting for this moment for so long. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, man. Like that's what football is all about. You know, me being from Philadelphia, I know that feeling. Like we were doormats for a while before we started winning and we finally won the Super Bowl. It was just, you know, it, it was the time of, you know, an event of a lifetime, you know, and, you know, to see the way the fans reacted to that win, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know what that feels like uh, being a Bears fan, <laughs> so I can't uh, I can't really add to that. David, you're not a Bears fan, are you? Where, who, who's your team? Let's not Pittsburgh? bring let, let's not bring up the, the you know the twenty eight to seven you know debacle of Atlanta Falcons against New England Patriots. I I can't no. You're a Falcons fan? I am a Falcons fan. I've been a Falcons fan ever since Jerry Glanville was the head coach there. They brought in oh, wow. the, they brought in the all-black uniforms. And who was yep. their guy? Neon Deion Sanders, baby. I mean, I had a poster of primetime mm-hmm. before primetime was primetime. <laughs> so, okay, so here's a question for you. Some people on social media think that uh, – Prime should bring prime time to Dallas and take over for the Cowboys. Uh, what do you think about that? I don't think I don't think the NFL works for Dion. I, I, what Dion does is ins- <laughs> is inspire youth, inspire youth to come mm-hmm. there. And he didn't do that great of a job inspiring youth this year because he couldn't get the right people. We'll see what he does in the next three to four years. But I don't think he has the same effect on grown men who are getting paid a lot of money to play the game. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think, I I don't think he's able to do the same things. um, Inspirational wise, or, you know, get his players to buy into things quite like he has uh, at Colorado and at Jackson state in the NFL. It just doesn't work that way. To your point, grown men getting paid a ton. They aren't going to want to be, you know, told what to do in the same sense that college kids are okay with that because college kids need that direction. And that's kind of the, um, what college football is all about. Uh, but Mark, any thoughts on prime going to Dallas? Yeah, I, I think it's like his, his biggest strength right now is recruiting and being able to get people kind of like build that culture there at Colorado. So I would be shocked if he made the jump to the NFL. Listen, money's money, man. So like if, if the check is big enough, I'm sure he'll go, but I think there's other areas that Jerry Jones going to, is going to look at. And I think it's going to be a very interesting situation. If Mike McCarthy um, does, you know, lose his job over this loss to the Packers. Yeah. Jerry Jones didn't seem too happy in his uh, post game comments i would be a little scared to have a meeting which uh, he, i guess he had a meeting planned with mike mccarthy today regardless because they were going to go over you know the big win and the plan uh, going <laughs> forward but that's not happening and uh, i'm not sure i'd be wanting to meet with jerry jones today if i were mccarthy coming up in just a couple minutes pittsburgh and buffalo wild card weekend spills into this week we're going to discuss that game on the other side stick with us here on the daily tip
The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Mark, you've been uh, making fun of me for doing my uh, puzzle over the last couple of weeks, which is fair. I, I deserve some of that, but I just checked my weather app, and it's negative 10 in Chicago right now. It feels like negative 28. What, what else am I supposed to do? I haven't left my apartment in like three days and I don't plan on, on it, but like, you know, it living in the city, my apartment's only so big that I'm kind of going a little stir crazy in here. I need, uh, I need things to do. I don't know what to do with this weather. Everyone's cooped up inside. Yeah. You can't even people watch, right? Like it's not even like, you know, you can sit no. out, you know, side and, you know, get, give no one's out there. I'm sure just, yeah. Negative 10 is too cold, man. It, it's too cold. And the older I get, the less tolerant of the cold I become. Like, I used to love the winter. I'd be like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. snow. You know, now I'm like, yeah, it can snow once if the kids want to go sledding, and then that's it. Like, I'm done with the snow. Like, you know, I don't ever really just over it all. And now it's even, like, the cold bothers me. Like, you know, we went to the Flyers game last week. We're coming out of the stadium, and I'm getting, like, pelted with, like, freezing rain. And I'm like, why am I living here? Like, what am I doing? Like, this is, you know, awful. <laughs> so, I don't know. The older I get, it's just, like, you know, one step closer to going down south, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I have no desire to even like go to the grocery store or anything. I have no problem Instacarting ordering groceries to be delivered at my door in this weather and letting someone else, you know, if they're, if they're wanting to do that, then, Hey, you can, I I will certainly take advantage of that. Uh, the chat is going crazy. Now that I said, I, um, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, watch Saltburn, binge watch shows or movies, find a video game and get lost in that. Watch Caitlin Clark kill it for Iowa. Those are all great suggestions. I think that's fan- one of the, I can get on board with one, if not a couple of those. Saltburn's like the new hot show. Is that a show or a movie? Yeah, what is Saltburn? It's a movie, apparently, a David movie. said. Okay. I've heard really good things about it. Everyone keeps talking about it. Um, maybe I, maybe that's, that'll be on, on the docket for this afternoon. Could be. New True True Detectives out too, right? Didn't that drop last night in HBO? <laughs> or Max, whatever they I call no it. Idea. I don't know, you know. Yeah. I need to take advantage of Peacock because I had to buy Peacock to watch that Dolphins Chiefs game. <laughs> so I guess I'll see what shows Peacock has and take advantage of my month, um, the month I just bought and see what's going on there. That's probably what, what I'm going to be. Yeah, why not? Five ninety nine. Not bad could be worse uh could be worse for the buffalo bills and the pittsburgh steelers they could have played yesterday in the weather in buffalo uh that was which was just like blowing snow winds not necessarily that it was all that cold i mean it is cold but we did just see the dolphins and chiefs play in uh negative 20 some degree weather so it's not necessarily that it was so cold in buffalo but I mean, seeing videos and pictures of the field there at Orchard Park, like they couldn't have played a football game in that you could hardly see two feet in front of you, let alone anything downfield. So the travel for the teams, the travels, the travel for, you know, the personnel, getting the workers inside the stadium safe, all of that. 
contributed to the game being moved to today. And the weather isn't all that much better, it doesn't seem like, from what I've seen. Um, but NFL has said the game is going on today kind of regardless. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to watch. The winds is really the one thing you would got to keep an eye on. I think they're supposed to be like crazy and I, I think uh, the last i saw i think it might be like 15 miles per hour so not too crazy but um could be off there obviously it's you know going to change as we get closer to kickoff um but i think you know when looking at it from a betting perspective uh, you know that if the weather is incrementally better even if it's just a little bit better like every little bit of better weather you think helps the bills in that situation i think the steelers you know uh, best chance here to keep this game close is just to have terrible conditions and kind of muck it up and have it turn into like you know a 1960s you know army navy game where we're just running at every play yeah that, i've kind of gone back and forth in this game i think i'm going to end up taking the steelers plus the 10 just because you throw in some variables like the weather and all of a sudden the playing field evens a little bit more because the bills are a significantly better all-around team than the Steelers, hence being 10-point favorites in this one. But you never know what can happen with a little bit of, of, well, a lot of bit of wind and snow and just other elements that um, can affect the game in ways that, you know, wouldn't otherwise happen if you didn't have this sort of weather. So getting 10 points in like a snowy, windy, um, poor weather game seems like a lot for me and i know the steelers are juiced slightly minus 115 compared to uh the bills that are minus 105 for uh the side but i just have a hard time thinking that a, a mike tomlin team is gonna just come into buffalo and roll over um especially when they're getting maybe a little bit of help from the weather so i think i have to be on the steelers this afternoon which scares me but i think it's the right side yeah, I, uh, I'm on the Bills. I, I laid the 10 points, which is interesting because I did it earlier in the week before the weather was horrendous, right? And then you saw the line kind of tick down to like nine and a half, nine, mm-hmm. um, you know, when the weather reports started coming out. So I was glad to see the game got moved because, you know, I still have action um, at the minus 10. And that that's kind of like better weather is pretty much like my best chance to cover that number. But this is one, Kate, and you know from, you know, us talking, I, I'm not a guy that, that is – you know, high on this Bills team. I'm well below market on the Bills. I've been, you know, they're 0-4 this year's double-digit favorites. I feel like they continue to just come up small in these spots. Um, you know, big win against Miami, but I thought that was more about Miami giving the game away than it really was Buffalo taking it. You know, they got the crazy deflected touchdown that popped in the air. They get the punt return, you know, for a touchdown. So um, I- I'm not big on the Bills, but, you know, I just can't back – mason rudolph and an offense like in this situation and that's really where like the rubber meets the road for me like how many points are they really going to score and so like if they only score like to me i look at this game and it looks like it could easily be like 19 7 20 to 7 buffalo like somewhere in that range i just don't think the steelers are going to have enough offense to really you know stay competitive in this one and i don't know i mean if the weather's not crazy like if the winds are less than 20 miles per hour i really like buffalo because you remember they played that uh they played new england i think it was in like the first round of the playoffs a couple years back and they just they never punted and it was like cold weather it wasn't like the crazy wind game but it was still cold weather and uh you know they 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 didn't have any problem moving the ball on offense so you know i like that they run the ball a little more with cook now since joe brady's taken over so um i think i played them i think they're the side 
Um, but I can definitely see, like, to me, it's almost like I'm losing my religion because it goes against, like, everything I believed in as a sports better. Like, a total this low and a 10-point spread is always an auto bet on the dog, but I just couldn't get there with Mason Rudolph, man. I feel like this might be the exception. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Mason Rudolph have a couple good games where he's led the Steelers to wins, but what did we just see with Joe Flacco, too? He had quite a few good games in a row to end the regular season and then kind of um, fell flat in the postseason. So that does scare me a little bit, being on the Steelers tonight, uh, especially because, yeah, Buffalo, I mean, they're not, this weather is nothing new to them. I know they don't play in this consistently, but they do live in Buffalo. They know what this cold weather is like, and I guess that's not to say the Steelers have never um, experienced this either, but uh, just maybe a little bit more so on the Bills' side. Speaking of the total, 38 and a half, I mean, that's really, really low. Um, Steelers' team total over at BetMGM uh, is 14 and a half, and the under is juice minus 140. So, Mark, uh, you're probably on the right path of Mason Rudolph and the Steelers not putting up too many points. Uh, is this kind of, when you see a total 38 and a half, is that almost an auto bet to the under, especially with what we saw with the weather in Kansas City and a lower scoring game there? That makes me want to lean towards the under. Yeah, I would probably lean towards the under. I mean, it, you know, because, again, if it's if it's a situation where Buffalo is scoring, um, I, I don't think – I think it's just going to cause more problems for Pittsburgh to try and, like, keep up. So then, you know, instead of, like, a – you know, 17-6 game or a 20-6 game, it probably looks more like a 24-27-3 game, which, you know, all still kind of fall under. I don't think Buffalo is going to get in the 30s in this game. I don't think they'll have to. Like, I don't think the game script is going to kind of, you know, I don't think the Steelers' offense will will produce enough urgency for Buffalo to continue to score in the game. So, um, you know, I, I think the team total under 14 and a half, like I don't want to lay a buck 40 on a team total, you know, if it moves down to, you know, maybe 14, um, you know, might look at it if there's like better odds, you know, minus 110 or whatnot. Um, but I, that's kind of how I would approach it. But full game, um, you know, probably, probably under is the luck I would think. The bills team total sitting around 23 and a half and the over is juice minus, uh, 120 right now so yeah this the lines are kind of telling you this is going to be a pretty lopsided game just do we get to that uh 10 or is buffalo or the steelers able to keep it you know a little bit closer no gabe davis uh or taylor rap for buffalo i mean gabe davis not being in is that is that a huge i don't know a deterrence for the bills like is that is that a big blow to not have Davison, he really hasn't performed all that well um, over the last couple weeks of the season. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, I, I don't think it's really like anything that would move the needle to me as far as like you know deciding like do I want to lay it with Buffalo or not. Um, you know, it, it, would they be better off if they had him? Sure, but we've seen you know Shakir, we've seen some other guys kind of step up there, uh, you know, and make plays for Buffalo. And and really, like this offense is going to go as far as Josh Allen takes it. So you know, if he's on his game, he's going to get the ball to the players in space, you know, whether it's Diggs, you know, whether it's Shakir, you know, whether whoever it is over the middle. So um, I, I wouldn't let that really, you know, stand in the way from me. You know, Gabe Davis, nice, fine player, but not really a needle mover. 
So I um, was told, you know, when the Bills started their run and started to win games, I, a lot of people said, bet the Bills now to win the AFC East. I didn't do that. They won uh, the AFC East. They said, bet the Bills, you know, to make the postseason, make a run, things like that. I, I didn't bet any of that. I really had no faith in the Bills because as good as Josh Allen is, he turns the ball over a ton. I mean, 18 turnovers uh, or interceptions on the year, that's the second most. So I just felt like at some point the Bills, we're going to revert back to kind of the bills that struggle. I didn't think that they would be able to string together this many top performances. Um, any thoughts on like taking them to win the Super Bowl or in the futures market in terms of um, winning the AFC, winning the Super Bowl? I still can't get myself to do it. And I've missed the mark. I've missed the numbers as of now, uh, at least the good numbers. So I'm kind of out but is that something that you would be willing to bet on mark i wouldn't i mean i i've been out on buffalo for a while and i just think that this is more of people kind of like clinging this team to you know bill's teams of the past and and saying like oh well you know they're they're going to turn it on like here it comes and and even though they're winning games like i I don't think they're winning games that impressively like you know so I, i think it is interesting when you look at their path like they get by pittsburgh then they're going to get the host Kansas City. And we know Kansas City, you know, isn't what they used to be, right? And it's going to be Patrick Mahomes' first game on the road in the playoffs. So, um, you know, that alone makes you think like, well, you know, can they get by Kansas City? And then if they get by Kansas City, assuming the Ravens win, they get to play a Ravens team that they knocked out of the playoffs, did a great job against Lamar Jackson in the past as well. Um, you know, they'll have to travel to Baltimore. But you look at the path and you can kind of see it, but I just – I don't think this Bills team is consistent enough to string together all these games. When you look at teams that finish the season strong like that, you know, with, you know, a streak of wins, continuing that streak through the playoffs is very, very difficult. Like, because now you're looking at that to win seven, eight games in a row, like that sort of thing. And that's just hard to do in the NFL. So um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't play Buffalo at these numbers in the futures market. I'm not even positive, you know, they get by Kansas City next week. Yeah, you talk about then having to win when you end the season on a win streak at seven, eight games, and that gets tough. Not only that, they had Kansas City, Dallas, uh, Miami. Those were three of their five uh, wins to end the season. Like, those are tough teams. So you're talking about putting together uh, eight or nine wins against five of the top teams in the league potentially, especially if you, I mean, seeing the chiefs, um, if they do get by Pittsburgh and then potentially the Ravens, like that's hard for any team. I'm not sure. I mean, even if it was the 49ers, I mean, a team that I have more trust in being consistent each week, it's still a big tall task to ask of, of any team to be able to string together that many wins against that many top teams, especially, uh, in the playoffs where the pressure is even higher. Yeah, it's a very thin margin of error for the Bills if you're talking about the Super Bowl and straining together all these wins. And what do we know about the Bills, right? Like, they they make errors. Now, they can overcome them, but Allen turns the ball over. They they don't play the cleanest game, um, you know, but they have the talent to overcome that, and they've been able to recently. I don't think that you can kind of bank on that continuing to happen throughout the playoffs. So um, they would probably be a no bet for me. Man, I'm just, but I've been down on the Bills all year, and they've been proving me wrong. They're winning games, so we'll see. 
I'm right there with you. I've been down on them all year as well. On the other side, Mark, we finally get to break down your Eagles and the Bucks. See if the Eagles can get the win tonight and keep their season alive. That's coming up next here on The Daily Tip. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to The Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. This is the Daily Tip here on the BetQL Network. We're presented by BetMGM. He's Mark Drumheller. I am Kate Constable filling in today for Chelsea and Jenks, who are off. Mark, today is kind of like your Super Bowl because your Philadelphia Eagles are in action today. So what's like the pregame uh, routine or, you know, early in the day? How are you prepping for this game? Are you someone that gets nervous before your team plays and like a lot of pacing? You got to occupy your mind with projects around the house, things like that until game time? I am. I got to stay busy. Like, I don't want to think about it too much, especially with the state the Eagles are in, right? Like, it's like, you know, I couldn't be more nervous for this game for them. Everything seems to be spiraling out of control, right? You know, there's, you know, Jalen Hurts and his hand issues, his finger issues. A.J. Brown's not going to be playing in the game. So it doesn't have the same punch that it usually does just because of, you know, the way the team's been playing going into this. There's, you know, pretty low expectations across the board, I think. Yeah, so Eagles win um, 11 of their first 12 games, and then they end the season losing five of their last six. And it feels to me like, Mark, um, as the season went on, like early on, they they looked great. I mean, a lot of people, including myself, were like, okay, the Eagles are going to be able to make another run back to the Super Bowl. Um, the, the loss of both coordinators really not affecting them that much. As the season went on, it felt like the loss of those two quarter coordinators, both offensive and defensive coordinators, um, really has affected them down the stretch. Like, is that where we're seeing some of their issues is, is just, you know, different personnel, both play calling on both sides of the ball and, and how that's changing as the season has gone on and then players have been banged up and more variables come in. Those aspects are highlighted a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's always a, a combination of things, but I think the coordinators, they're definitely missing. I mean, they're definitely missing striking on offense and on defense, you know, without Gannon. They decide, you know, that didn't work. So then they hand over the reins to Patricia. Uh, that's never a good sign. So, you know, when you have to make <laughs> a change like that in season, you know. So, but I think the real story is, like, when we look at this game and, and handicapping this team and what can we, you know, expect, the real story to me is the defense is just completely out of gas. And I know that sounds like an excuse and it sounds like, um, you know, they're pros. They should, you know, have condi- proper conditioning and not run out of gas. But – the defense, when you look at how they're built, built heavy on the pass rush, right? That's kind of like the foundation of the defense. And it's a combination of young players like Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis who haven't played a lot of snaps historically because, you know, Jalen Carter's first year in the league. Jordan Davis was more of like a third down kind of specialist guy. And a combination of that and aging veterans, right? So, you know, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, those guys, you know, one year older, and you just look like when they went through that grinder of the schedule where they played Buffalo, Miami, Kansas City, San Francisco, Dallas twice, 
like all in a row, they just never recovered from that. Like if you look at like PFF pass rushing grade, um, 80.5 on the season. But if you look at the last two weeks, 60 and 61. So a huge drop off. Same thing with tackling grade, 68.2 for the season. Last two weeks, 49 to 51, right? So, um, and that tells me like, you know, not getting the pass rush. When I look at that data, it tells me that team's just out of gas. Like, you know what I mean? Like the tackling's poor, not getting the pass rush. And I think that's what you see. So when your defense is built on the pass rush getting home, they re-signed both corners in the offseason. We knew those guys were aging, Slay and Bradbury, another year older. It's just a, a bad combination, right? So, you know, so I, I think that there's no solution for that. Like, you can call whatever plays you want. The guys are spent. The guys are spent. Like, I don't know how much they had to give. Um, so, that's really the challenge here. I bet Tampa team total over 20 and a half for that reason. Um, I think they're going to score points. We saw Tyrod Taylor put up 300 yards passing, uh, you know, against this defense last week. Giants scored 24 points. So um, I, I don't see any reason why Baker Mayfield can't do the same. I think when you look at the Eagles and can they win this game, I think they can, but they're going to have to score a lot of points to do it. Now you got Hurts, you know, injured finger, A.J. Brown, not there. So that's going to be the interesting part is see if this offense can, you know, really propel them to victory. Yeah, when the pass rush is not there like it typically is, all of a sudden everything else kind of starts to fall apart a little bit or is just not quite as successive. Um, doesn't have Successful. that much success. Successful, that's the word I was looking for. I'm like, more what coffee, world? more coffee. Literally, my brain just shut down mid halfway through that word. I just couldn't get it out. Thank you. Uh, successful. Um, especially like the secondary, for lack of a better term, sucks, right? I mean, one of the worst secondaries mm-hmm. in the NFL, giving up a ton of passing yards. Uh, so I think I'm going to have to target some of the Bucks receivers today i mean even mm-hmm. i mean mike evans always someone that i like to play on but chris godwin i know he was a little banged up he practiced on saturday but he's his his number is at like 54 and a half receiving yards i think you have to go over that he's hit this mark in four of his last five games and the eagles have allowed the second most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers this year 85 to uh, uh wandell robinson in week 18 82 to greg dorch in week 17 90 to Darius Slayton week 16 like it's just not not great for the Eagles so I'm gonna stay away from the side here even though I think Tampa Bay is unfortunately Mark hate to say this to you live to win this game outright but targeting the Bucks receivers is is gonna be how I kind of approach this game just prop wise I like that look because you know one of the changes the Eagles made on defense going into this game is that they, you know, moved Avante Maddox, who's their, you know, slot nickel guy, moved him to safety to try and get some help, you know, at the safety position. So, um, you know, they're not going to have Maddox there, you know, manning the slot. So I think that, you know, Godwin could definitely, uh, you know, take advantage of that. So I think it's pretty solid luck. Baker Mayfield resurrected his career, I guess, within the last year and in Tampa Bay this past season. I had kind of written Baker off, never really thought he was all that great of a quarterback or could be someone who would lead his team uh, to a deep, deep playoff run. I'm still not sure that he's going to be able to do it with Tampa Bay, but he's certainly given himself 
a longer shelf life in the NBA, especially as a starter with how he's played this season. Like, wh what do you think the biggest difference from the Baker we've seen in previous years to the Baker that we're seeing this year uh, positioning the Bucks in the playoffs right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're seeing him mature a little bit. Obviously, he's had a good year. I, I think it also helps when you're throwing to guys like Mike Evans, right? You know what I mean? I mean, he's got some weapons there in Tampa Bay, and I think that that, you know, really has helped him out. And I think that he's a guy that, you know, is probably, you know, a starter in the league. He's proven that. You know, is he a guy that can lead you to a Super Bowl? Probably not, but he's a starter who can have success. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that he's, you know, probably like in that you know bottom half of the league as far as starters but put the right weapons around them and you know you never know he could you know pull out a couple wins here in the playoffs especially with Todd Bowles as your head coach I mean what he's done is kind of impressive uh speaking yeah. of head coaches does um uh do the Eagles think about making a move at the head coaching position if they don't win tonight there's been some talk of that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's a great question, and you're hearing those rumblings, and usually when there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? And I think that the biggest problem with Nick Sirianni and the job that he's done this year, you know, the, the team is spiraling out of control, but um, even more so, you're hearing, like, Javon Hargrave came out and said that the big difference between, like, San Francisco and Philadelphia is how hard they work in practice now in san francisco like that doesn't bode well for the head coach like that's the last thing you want to hear when a team's spiraling that they don't work hard in practice um you know we know in the nfl it's a balance right we especially if you have a veteran team uh but that that the i don't i when, once i heard that i'm like wow like they, maybe maybe sirianni is on the hot seat a little bit like if they do you know end up losing you know and going out in the first round at the starting 10 and 1 and the other part about it is it's going to depend on who's available right like if you know a guy like bill belichick wants to come to philadelphia you know do they take a shot with him um you know i think that would make a ton of sense right you know you, the offense has a lot of talent you know so you think you can get production there and the defense has been the big problem this year 30th in the nfl um or 31st in the nfl in passing yards allowed so a guy like belichick will definitely shore that up and then you know if you put jalen hurts aj brown and and all those weapons on a team with a solid defense, you know, you, you could be cooking. You know, we saw last year how that turns out. They went to the Super Bowl, almost beat the Chiefs. So um, it's going to depend a lot on who's available, what their options are. I think that's always a big part of it. Um, I I like Sirianni. I think he's done a decent job. But when you got to be able to stop the bleeding in these types of situations. And if he can't, you know, and I, I think that's going to be a real problem for him if he wants to keep his job. Yeah, I mean, stopping the bleeding. The Eagles are basically bleeding out right now. They need some, yep. like, some sort of plug immediately if they want uh, any life left in the postseason. And yeah, to hear that a team isn't practicing hard at practice uh, in the NFL, like, excuse me, that's a massive red flag. If I'm the the ownership within the Eagles, especially, that's one thing. If your team is winning consistently and, you know, maybe practices are a little lighter because you're playing so hard on Sundays and the, and the guys are banged up. Like that's one thing, but to be losing five of your last six games and then reports come out that you're not practicing hard or taking those moments as seriously as you should like that, that right there is a massive red flag, especially if Philly doesn't get the job done tonight in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think the the comparison he used, uh, I'm trying to remember from the article. So, uh, but I think he said that like San Francisco is more like heat culture 
like in Miami in the NBA, mm-hmm. where like Philadelphia is more like the Golden State Warriors, where like, hey, they have these talented guys and they're just kind of going to rely on their talent and go through the motions. And it's a little more laid back where it's like San Francisco. It's it's work. You know what I mean? It's it's you know, they're driven to succeed um, and they put the time in and practice. And, you know, you know, the old saying in the NFL, every coach will tell you, like, you know, what you do on practice is what you do on the field. What the Eagles are doing on the field is very ugly right now. So um, I'm sure they've ramped up practices this week, but it's going to need to pay off if they you know, if he wants to keep his job. Yeah, and speaking of the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green is going to be making his debut back in the Warriors' next game, and we are going to go over the entire MLK Day NBA slate on the other side of the break because um, the NBA on MLK Day is just kind of a, a awesome tradition that the league has. So we'll break down some of those games to give you our favorite bets on the other side. You're listening to The Daily Tip here on the Beck Hill Network. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.